everything you need is within a Spotify Greenroom live audio show and podcast produced by and for Gen Z with me, your host, Gigi Robinson. Hey everyone, it's Gigi. Welcome back to this week's episode of Everything You Need Is Within. Today I have an amazing guest I think a lot of you are going to love. His name is Justin Johnson. He works at Instagram, Facebook, Metaverse, (laughs) Meta. Is it called Meta? I feel like I should know this as a creator. (laughs) So he's just super, super cool. Um, And regardless, he has so much experience working with creators and as a creator myself has just been such an amazing person to Um, have in my network and also just be connected with. So I can't wait for you all to learn a little bit more about him and also maybe hopefully some things about the creator industry and gain some new perspective, especially if you're someone listening that isn't a part of our industry. So without further ado, um, hello, Justin, would you be able to just introduce yourself? Tell us what we need to know about you, about, uh, about who Justin Johnson is. Yeah, absolutely. And thanks for having me and those who are tuning in live. Thanks for taking the time today. And those who will listen at some point in the future, thanks for also listening. Um, Gigi mentioned, my name is Justin, Justin Johnson. I'm born and raised in Texas, currently actually living out of San Antonio, Texas, um, but have been in sort of this uh, creator tech industry for the last about eight years, uh, working for many different um, companies, most notably the largest social media platform in the world where I'm currently at, working with talent and creators and helping them succeed across the various platforms under the, the parent company, uh, which is now Meta. And, and within that, I've had a array of different experiences that have really just helped shape me and my thoughts and approach to working within this space. And I've, it's been a true privilege to just meet and connect with different people uh, like Gigi and others across various verticals and content types and, and niches and whatnot. Uh, for me, as someone who's also consuming content as well as working directly with the people who are creating that content. And I think even largely now, as we enter essentially like web 3.0, seeing what that all entails and holds, um, it's just very interesting for me. And so there's always something new developing, happening, I'm learning and just coming across and making new connections. And so, yeah, if there's questions specific um, throughout this conversation that you are wondering about uh, there's like the discussion feature on this that you could send through you can also dm me directly and i, I think um you can find me on most platforms where i'm at and it's, it would just be at j johnson and then tx so at j johnson yeah TX. um well thank you so much for being here and taking the time out of your day to come in drop some knowledge for all of us. So something that you said that really caught my attention was the idea of uh, overall just kind of like rolling with the punches and just kind of letting technology do its own thing and letting all the social platforms do its own thing. How do you keep up uh, because there is such momentum within this industry with like what's trending and like how to predict what's next and how to help creators really maximize on uh, these opportunities with brands and whatnot. Yeah. I mean, I think for me, um, a lot of what I'm doing or or where I invest my time to kind of learn and see what's happening is, is online, uh, and also in person. Um, and so what I mean by that is I'm investing tons of time reading the different trades and articles and publications that are touching anything related to what's now coined as like the creator economy and really just consuming as much content that I can from credible sources, watching tons of content online through these various platforms, and then just taking the time to just dive in and and really understand from like a creator perspective and agent perspective, a management perspective, and and the team surrounding these individuals who are essentially businesses of their own selves uh, to understand like where they're headed to next, what they're thinking of, what matters to them, and then really just trying to become as best informed as possible to bring forth value to different discussions around what matters to them. And each person is very unique in a sense that some people care about their audience as opposed to earnings on, on platform. And so it really just depends. And I think for me, um, you know, similar to this format, audio format, I, I also spend a lot of time listening to experts within within the space and then also experts across different functions or spaces that I'm just particularly interested in again and that's just for me to form my own opinion based on 
what people's truth is uh, for a given topic or subject or, or whatever the case may be. Yeah, I love that. And I think one of the coolest things, at least from my perspective, since I know you personally, and let me just give you some context, guys, um, I believe Jess has worked with some of my friends before, uh, some different creators, and we got connected. I don't even know how we got connected, but when we were first talking, we were talking about some of the projects, and it was just really so reassuring to me as a creator to have somebody working in the industry who I felt was genuinely like you said on our side trying to help us use the platform as a tool and not really let it kind of like use us in in a way Um, I think one of the biggest issues in my opinion right now with social media can be the fact that people compare themselves really closely to what they see online Um, people can't really see that value of what it's like to build an audience, they just see a pretty image and they're like, that's all I care about. It's the image, it's the fame, it's the clout, and it's not the audience building and the message and the impact. And I think that people like yourself and all of these creator teams, when it comes to changing the industry, are honestly the most valuable thing that we can continue to do. So I just wanted to thank you personally for like helping me on my journey as well. No, thank you for sharing that. And I'm, I'm kind of blurry myself on how we exactly got connected, but I think because we sort of run in the similar circles or same circles, it's kind of inevitable because this world is so interconnected. And to your point, I mean, one of my own personal missions is just like helping to put people on. And what I mean by that is just, giving opportunities to those that might not have historically got them or giving a voice to the voiceless or giving a seat to someone that might not want to or be used to sitting at the table, right? And I I do it because it's the right thing to do. And I do it because I believe in it fundamentally as as just a person uh, of giving people opportunity and and specifically access as well. Um, And and it's something I reflect on even in my own life to, to where I got to where I am today and what I've been able to accomplish and experience is because people along my path have reached out or lent a hand or took risk or gambles on me to say, Hey, if we bring this person in to do X, Y, Z, like maybe he'll deliver. And and, uh, I I think for me, that's always like paying it back or or paying it forward, if you will, uh, to continue to do the same, because again, like I can talk to as many people as I can try and talk to, but ultimately if I can just make a difference in the life of someone else and, um, that to me is rewarding and fulfilling and, and helping them and seeing them along their own journey and accomplish whatever those dreams are or goals they've set out for themselves. If I could just play a small part in that, uh, that to me is like what success really is um, from, from my POV. Yeah. I 100% agree with you, especially when it comes to like helping others and, you know, giving back in the, um, in whatever way you can. And I know that you also have um, a big commitment to giving back. Could you talk about just like in terms of career wise, and then also maybe as like a secondary thing to that, like why it's important for creators to also give back um, on their platforms, whether that's in their community online or in real life? Yeah, I think, I mean, the concept of, of giving back is, is it's a pretty straightforward concept, right? But it, it, for me in particular, um, when I was 18 years old, I was interviewing for a scholarship. And in that scholarship interview, the question asked at the end to actually end is if I were selected to be what's called a Terry Scholar, which it's essentially very much like a similar or equivalent of like the Gates Millennium Scholarship, but for the state of Texas, that was the question asked is like, if you were selected, basically, would you be open, willing and able to to give back in terms of time or resources, right? And that stuck with me since I was 18, many years ago, and carrying forward today, it's something I continue to to do. Because again, to my point, it's it's the right thing to do, right? So I'm back, as I mentioned, and living in San Antonio, Texas, Um, community is everything. And for me, in particular, giving back to the community that helped raise me and helped develop me as, as a young boy into a man, um, it's very important to me. And so being back due to the pandemic, I've been able to get involved in different efforts or start my own efforts because I'm like, don't really want to wait on anyone else to tell me to go, right? And so I think as it pertains to the power or influence that creators or influencers have, 
I just think it's so important because um, someone's always watching, right? And you can have a small audience or you can have the largest. And I, I think that's how like true influence is made or created is by doing the right thing, which might not always be the, the coolest thing or the easiest thing, but I think it's always the right thing to do the right thing, right? And I, I mean, that's essentially like a, um, a, a nod to, I believe, MLK who had a similar quote to that. But like, I think within that, it's something I truly think about, care about, live about and like practice and try and instill in others of like if you can just kind of leave this place a little bit better than when you got here um that's what progression to me looks like and and the importance behind it goes beyond just what we see online right like the real change can be funneled and amplified online but the real change happens through people and that that's the in-person uh, component of that yeah, absolutely. I feel like it's made this past year, honestly, such a whirlwind because so much of the connection that we build and have made with other people is kind of like been taken away from us in a, in a lot of ways. And it's made it so much harder um, to give back when that means like going out into the actual community because there's something that, uh, you know, was a public health risk for everybody. Um, so I just think in the past year, kind of taking um, control and doing that online and virtually however you can has been something that I've also been very passionate about and I think has uh, hopefully touched the lives of many other people and inspired people to give back in ways of their own so um, I'm just really happy to kind of like hear that it's not only something that's like short-lived um, for people who work in careers I feel like with social media honestly there's also this other aspect of people want to give back or people want to like be a part of a campaign. I was talking to a certain uh, group uh, in agency kind of saying like how they build out campaigns for creators um, so that it helps their brand build integrity. And I was kind of like, whoa, like, shouldn't the creator themselves be the ones that's passionate about um, really the cause and making a difference? And like, what does that extend to in real life, right? So as like a creator and digital talent partnerships, uh, like guru and, you know, lead, how do you really tell when somebody's authentic online versus when they're just kind of doing it for show or for clout? Yeah, I mean, I think it's a good question. But I, I think you know, rather than me try and sniff things out to say, hey, like, this is not real, or this is inauthentic. I think these people just know their audience will call them out on things that aren't genuine to the person, whether it's their voice, their content type, whatever it may be, or doing things that just don't align with what the person has maybe stood for to date. And it's not to say that people can't change, because people do change. And everyone's always sort of like ever evolving, at least that's my point of view. But I think within that, you know, people aren't afraid to voice the opinion, right? Whether they're, they're right or wrong, but everyone's always entitled to their own opinion. And I think that's where it leads to hopefully healthy debate around like what is right or what is wrong. But again, it depends on who, who you're asking and like what side of the table they're looking at something from, because it could be the same thing, but it depends on what side they're on, then it looks a lot different, right? From their vantage point. And so I think ultimately, I mean, being like authentic and genuine. And I know these are all like buzz terms or buzzwords, but these are the things in which like, if someone can make a living through their content by just being them, I think that makes work a whole lot easier because you don't have to try and pretend to be someone you're not, right? If you're a comedian and you're just kind of funny by nature, obviously there's a lot of time and effort that goes into perfecting the craft, right? But in addition to that, I think it's just so important and key to re like remain true to oneself. Um, because at the end of the day, I, I think people, at least in this day and age, they're just, they're quick to catch on and sort of call things out when they know something's off or something's not right. And I think it's sort of that relationship that, again, you might not have a direct relationship with a talent or creator that you're like a big fan of, but like there's some strong connection there through content and you'll just have a sense and feeling of like, are these people who they say they are or who they they project to be um and that just goes a long way right and I, I think we've seen this in particular in the last like two years more than ever around the the rise of like cancel culture of people making mistakes back in the day they're a lot different now and um mm -hmm. you know the, the list can go on but like I, I think it's just that adaptability of like understanding people will may, make mistakes and people do make mistakes because nobody's perfect but in in 
in acknowledging that it's like how do you try to remain true to essentially like your voice right because your voice is essentially your like message or your brand to the external worlds and and I've been fortunate to, to work with many different talents across the years in which like where I see them and, and discover them online and then I meet them in person. The only difference is that like they're either a lot taller or shorter than I was expecting. So I was so used to seeing them like, square <laughs> a rectangle from watching their content. Right. Yeah, that's, I feel like that honestly is something that as a creator, I also um, have seen with some of my friends. And I think something that's so beautiful about the platform when you are a creator. Um, well, actually, this is just my experience. So I only want to talk for my experience, <laughs> because I don't want to generalize here. But I personally use these platforms as a tool to connect with other people. As you mentioned before, it's all about that connection and that community building. And I've met some of the most incredible people that I consider some of my best friends. Like, I spent the entire past year and a half inside, uh, like I'm sure many other people. And uh, I came to LA and, you know, I got to meet you in person. I got to meet uh, a bunch of other influencers in person. And it was like this really amazing and fulfilling and like wholesome experience where I'm like, oh my gosh, like you're actually like a person and we can like hang out and grab coffee and like share a meal and share memories and create memories and nothing has to be um, just kind of like this endless void of content. So um, a follow-up question to that that I have for you is when you have such a digital, uh, like you're so keyed into the digital world, how do you personally like detach yourself from it? Like I know part of it's work, um, but the other part of it is like also working with all these creators, right? So like how do you, I guess, stop yourself from feeling overwhelmed by the digital culture yeah I mean, it's a good question I mean I think for me like my avenue to like decompress or get away from like a screen or multiple screens which I'm which I'm on often would be just like getting outside right getting outside the walls or meeting with humans and, and especially now as, as COVID has sort of gotten I guess a bit uh, more under control uh, as, as opposed to before and things have sort of uh, normalized back to like a pre-pandemic times but um, you know, just, just really focusing on what I consider to just be like presence and mindfulness, uh, especially like if, for example, I'm going to lunch or coffee or dinners or an event with someone, uh, I'm going with them, right? It just so happens that my phone comes with me, but it doesn't mean it needs to be like with us or whoever it is that I'm meeting with and be the distraction between like real human interaction. And I, I think it's so second nature now where you're talking to someone by looking down at your phone, talking to someone else, right? And I, I think like you wouldn't just really do that in a normal conversation if like it's a group of three, I'm looking at you, but I'm talking to the person next to you that just, it doesn't sit right. It, it doesn't feel normal or natural. It almost feels rude, right? And um, I just try to pick up on these cues to like be the best possible like attention giver in those instances or moments where again, far from perfect because the phone will always ring or some notification will go off or something of that nature. But I just try to be present um, in a day where everyone's always connected both like mainly through like devices, but also um, yeah. just again, in those moments where it's like, all right, hopefully when that person leaves this event, lunch, dinner, etc., they at least felt like, like, they felt like they were listened to, heard, acknowledged, and like we're the most important right. person in the room. And like, oh, that was a good use of time versus like I went to lunch or with this person and all they did was like talk to someone else while I was there. So I didn't even feel like I was there. Right. And I, it's just these mm -hmm. things like that where I'm like, what can I do to ensure that? Um, you know, I, I think a big thing for me is like I try to, especially on the evenings and weekends, like not really consume too much content. I want to be like out, uh, you know, in the open and walking my dog or going for runs or whatever the case may be just to like dis disconnect and like reconnect with like myself and like immediate surroundings. Yeah. I love that. I recently had this revelation and I don't know, maybe it's sad that I it's happened at 23, but I've kind of realized like some grounding practices that I've implemented into my lifestyle. Um, especially when it comes to detaching myself from my phone because it's work all the time. And um, I think when I was first starting out, I was just so obsessed with like the idea of growth um, that I wasn't really focusing on my overall like personal mental health and well-being outside of that. And I just think it's really 
interesting, like as a concept to think about like the value our digital personalities really have and our digital life has and our assets have over kind of our physical life now and how can we integrate them together and just make it this thing that uh, can coexist and uh, hopefully be a symbiotic relationship because at this point we kind of all um, unless you're completely off the grid or off social media you know we all have some form of a digital personality and lifestyle so uh, that's super important Uh, and as the world kind of moves uh, forward in that way, I wanted to ask you how you've seen the industry change when it comes to influencer marketing, uh, how it's kind of evolved into creator partnerships or creator marketing, uh, how the term influencer versus content creator has like changed uh, in industries and uh, like each person's role. I think it's a loaded question as yeah. well. So whatever direction it goes is totally fine. Yeah, I think you know, from what I've seen over the last few years and sort of having like a front row experience of like watching this happen and then being a part of it happen and working with different um, talent across the board, it's been pretty remarkable to see the shift in power and attention and, and investment when it comes to like marketing dollars or, or influencer marketing dollars to get people to do things for companies. And I, I think like prime examples would include essentially content creators that then become investors or strategic partners for given companies in which like they're willing to forego a one-time promoted post for X amount of dollars, but in, in exchange for becoming a strategic partner or investor and get like equity within a company before it goes public. Right. And I think as the years have gone by, that's becoming more and more of a norm or even these like, groups of creators essentially like running investment funds, right. To get involved in companies with their own money uh, in addition to promoted posts or whatever that they want to exchange to just really help drive forth attention or acquisition of users for a given app or service. And I think now more than ever, like the barrier to entry to become a creator is like so low because for so long, like in the YouTube era, you, there was just few people who were like really, really good at it. And those were like, those are the people, right? The like OGs. When you think back to like a Casey Neistat, for example, who kind of was like the, one of the first YouTube bloggers um, from, from way back when to present day where like, say you don't want to make videos and all you want to do is make audio. You can do what you're doing today on Spotify, right? Or other audio platforms as well and become an audio creator. You don't necessarily need to be a video creator or a video influencer. And I think the term uh, influencer is still around and I don't think it goes anywhere, but I think now the, the umbrella term is more around creator, right? And the reason I think that is because people can be creative or create in many different capacities. I gave the example of video versus audio. It could be an artist that creates canvases, et cetera. And I, I think now, um, as you've seen with platforms, social media platforms, they are catering to creators. And, and the reason being is that because these people command and are able to draw in other users for time and attention to give them value. And I, I think now more than ever, is very lucrative time to think about becoming a, a creator. And I, I know a couple years ago, and this, tr- this study probably still holds true, I basically read this like business review. I can't remember it was HBR, a very notable source that did this study, but they went around and asked children in elementary, like, what do you want to be when you grow up? And often mm-hmm. back, many years back, it was like, oh, I want to be a doctor, lawyer, astronaut, et cetera. Yeah. But now at the time, I believe the, 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 the top response from this study, and I'll have to remember exactly where it was, but it was a very credible study people wanted to be essentially a a influencer or like YouTuber, right. Um, To create content. And I think like, that's a big shift from, Hey, you need to go to school. You got to get good. Not to say you don't need to do that. I still think that's important as someone who also went to school and, and, and did what I did. But I think now people are realizing like, I don't have to do that if I don't want to, I don't need to follow a traditional path or route and, go to secondary or um, master's type educate if I don't want to. And I think now right. just the accessibility and options are, are endless. And um, it's a really exciting time because this gives people opportunities that didn't exist before. Like 
who would have thought that we would see essentially like internet celebrities and and become as notable or maybe even bigger than like traditional Hollywood movie stars, right? Or even become movie stars in their own right. It's just a big shift in in the norm. And now I would call it the the new norm because it's again, like ever changing and evolving. And it's, it's pretty remarkable to see that. So within these like digital, I had two follow-up questions. That was amazing. But actually wait, before we move on, I like to actually stop every uh every so often in my shows to take what i call a, a little water break i sometimes just like to encourage anyone listening to drink a beverage some water let's hydrate let's be responsible here um i think hydration is is key and i often forget to drink water myself so uh yeah if you have water and you need some water uh now's the time <laughs> Um, so two things. One, I know you mentioned um, you also went to school um, and, you know, you've also been a guest lecturer. Um, and I know you just mentioned like traditionally you would have to kind of go to school to get a degree, but now you don't really need a degree um, to become a creator. Um, do you think that there's still an importance in getting an education in this industry? Um one, if you want to be a creator, and two, if you want to work within the industry, right? Like, what if one day I just decide, you know what? Well, it's also different because I I do have two degrees. Like, I'm working towards my second degree right now. But, like, if I was just, like, a regular influencer or not right – oh, my God. I feel like I'm, I'm making it sound bad. I feel like I'm, like, digging myself into a hole right now. If If somebody without a degree who's a creator, who's been successful, is like, hey, Google, I see, or hey, YouTube, I see that you have a partner, uh, a partner manager or a platform manager position open, uh, would I be able to apply without a degree? Do you think that companies are going to accept creators exclusively for their experience of, you know, making viral videos, like creating successful content? Do you think that that's like a possibility of where we're going? the possibility is always there, right? And whether or not someone has a degree or doesn't, there's, they always should shoot their shot as long as I believe they, they fit most of the criteria or requirements that someone's being sought out for, for an opportunity. And I think, you know, for me personally, like I don't regret going to college. Um, even though now I, I do have a degree in finance, which I'm not necessarily in the financial industry, but it serves me well to really understand like how to get a good gauge and under, and understand like, the way a business health is if it's healthy or it's lacking in one area and what it means to be able to just read through financial statements and again it's not for everybody but like i enjoy doing that if i need to because i know how to and understand like the different components that build up a company's financial health right um but i think for someone who maybe is non-traditional is what i'll call is like someone who basically got famous or started creating content as a kid and didn't go to school and that's totally fine as well because ultimately it's about choosing the path that is best for you and that looks different from everyone else. I think it, it, w- it doesn't hurt to have the financial, or excuse me, the education foundation on whatever subject or degree or specialty that may be. But I, I think no, there's no better teacher in life than life itself through experience, right? The only hard part about it is like, it takes time. And if you have the time because you're young, amazing if you get a bit older it becomes a bit more constricted because as life happens and continues on there's just things that change the circumstances and it's just it's not as easy because everyone again is in their own situation and and has circumstances but yeah i think um even even present day right like there's uh there's something called nas academy in which like you can learn from the best of the best from other people who are doing it have done it uh-huh. and to me that's sort of like your online university or online education where you're getting essentially like a creator degree where maybe it's you're not going to a school like usc that you went to or ut austin that i went to but you're still getting what you're seeking Mm -hmm. but what's also interesting is a lot of these um institutions that have been around for hundreds of years are now beginning to offer social media courses uh, digital marketing courses yeah etc and again there's no better teacher than like doing it yourself or working with someone who's doing it but in the absence of that if you go the traditional route like there's ways to supplement it again depending on what school or course you're seeking there is opportunity and I, I think that's just telling of the times of like all right like this this is too big to ignore so these traditional institutions are just adapting now to that Absolutely. I love everything you said here. And I think like 
this, this one thing that one teacher said to me, um, my first semester at USC, when I was taking like my basic intro to, you know, writing class, whatever that beginning seminar that I think every single college student probably understands what I'm talking about um, is. And she said, you know, if you have to miss class for a real world opportunity, like I want you to take it, I want you to run with it. And I want you to just like gain that real world experience. And what you said just reminded me of that, regardless of if you are, you know, somebody who is not going the traditional route or you're someone who is, I also would echo that. And that like you should not let anything or any like social construct of like what has been traditionally done is like the right way to do it. I think if you have an intuition and a gut that gut feeling saying like, hey, go do this. And I think this opportunity could pay off in the long run. I think that that is, uh, you know, a hundred percent worth it. And you just have to, and if it's not, you know what, it could be a funny story, right? That's how I try to look at it. Um, so speaking of, just the way that uh, creators come into this industry and come out of this industry. How did you get started working with creators in the first place? Yeah, I mean, uh, so to your point that, that I just wanted to touch on, you mentioned like traditional yeah. traditional route, right? And I think that's always been sort of my personal opinion and perspective. And it's something I've talked with many hundreds of people early in their career, even like later in their career, who kind of sought me for like mentorship or even career advice is that, you really don't want to let if you again, this is under the uh, assumption, like, you go to college, you get a degree, but my, my point of view, and this is because I'm a living testament to this is like, you don't want your degree, which is a piece of paper that you hang on a wall. Well, it's more to that. I'm simplifying mm-hmm. it, but it's, it's more to that, right? It's all the experience to get to that point. But like, <laughs> once you get it, you don't want that piece of paper to dictate what you can or cannot do or be the only things you do, right? So take me, for example, I have a degree in finance, which I mentioned. And originally when I started my um, college career, I ended up at Goldman Sachs thinking I wanted to do uh, finance. And then I realized like I didn't. And it was kind of interesting because I'm like, wait, but this is what I plan to do. So what do I do now, right? This is me as a 19 year old kid thinking this. And I'm like, I can't be changing majors because that means I wouldn't graduate in time. And I mentioned I I was um, part of what's called the Terry Scholarship. I actually ended up getting uh, a a recipient of that award. And that put me fully funded, the full ride scholarship through UT. But I had to finish in four years, eight semesters. And I'm like, okay, well, I need to be done by then. If not, it's going to cost me money, which I didn't have. And it's just going to delay me time, more importantly than the money. And so I decided to stick with finance because I just thought it was going to be a fundamental foundation that would serve me well in life. And it actually has. I understand how money works. I understand how money can work for me. I understand how money works for businesses, right? But in my day-to-day job, I'm not really doing a lot of finance-related work that my paper degree on my wall in my office would tell me that that's what I'm qualified to do, even though I am qualified to do it. And mm-hmm. So to that point of the traditional comment, I think the advice I'd give there, not that anyone was asking, but it triggered me to think about like doing what makes you the best capable candidate, regardless of the piece of paper that you went to school for, if you went to school and being more focused on like the skill set and skills gained from that experience, as opposed to, Hey, I have a finance degree. I can only do a finance job. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, so- I, I totally agree here. Cause like, I also got a BFA and, you know, traditionally you're like, okay, that's art. Like you're an art history nerd or something. And I literally was like working in social media, like at an ad agency as like a coordinator, which is like kind of like a communication role or like a PR role. I was working at digital marketing. And then I also started doing content creation later on. So I'm like, it kind of all relates like you're saying. And I think something that any of our younger listeners are listening to is just kind of like, if you're in college right now, and you're like, what the heck am I even doing with this degree? Like, some way you'll be able to use those skills that you build um, later on. And like you said, there's things like the NAS Academy, which by the way, NAS Daily is one of my favorite creators out there. Um, And you know, if you go in a lot of like these digital courses now, or you look at something on Teachable or Skillshare, a lot of what 
those are is like kind of like paying for individual semesters or individual classes. And I think that hopefully in the future, those will give us more like certificates, right? Like if you get like those Google certifications or Microsoft certifications, like now people like look at those as like, oh my gosh, wow, you have this like extra knowledge. And I just think in general, knowledge is power. So as long as you're learning, no matter the institution, no matter the mode, I think it is going to benefit you at the end of the day. So yeah, that was my little rant there. <laughs> yeah, an awesome, an awesome rant. And I think, you know, to your question, you asked like how or or why did I want to make the jump to it? Mm-hmm. For me, this was back in 2018. So a little over three years ago, um, I kind of saw this shift mm-hmm. in the power of like having to be super famous to basically becoming internet famous overnight, right? And this became more and more of a common thing at the time, just for like right and time. Vine was probably the biggest crazed platform outside of YouTube, right? A lot of these other platforms weren't even mm-hmm. a thing yet, or they weren't really as popular as they are today. And so in understanding at the time I was in Austin, Texas, and Austin, Texas is not Hollywood, though I would actually make the argument that present day, it's sort of like LA 2.0, um, because many Californians have now moved to Austin and made Austin California-esque. But for me, living in Austin at the time, I knew that if I wanted to really dive into this industry, right, which at the time, again, was more like influencer, not really creator focused, still similar, but different. Um, and it was very much at its like early, early infant stage. I knew I'd have to move. And I knew if I, if I wanted to be in it, I'd have to go to Hollywood. And it just so happened at that time, there was an opportunity for me to help build a new team and really like dive in head first into like building this out and seeing what would happen of it. And that was three and a half years ago. And that decision has really transformed again, both my life personally and professionally and giving me experiences and insights that I'm grateful for and like friendships and connections that never in my mind, as I scroll through social media and I see some of the content of people, I'm like, these are not just people I work with. They're, friends right and I think it's just kind of like this full circle moment to be just like proud I'd be like man yeah like I had a I had a small part in that or I just saw them for lunch the other day or they FaceTime me for my birthday or whatever the case may be um it just kind of came full circle but yeah three and a half years ago was just like really bullish on like getting involved and and, and remaining involved and um now that the time has flown by and I'm still getting to do it day in and day out <laughs> yeah, I mean, it must be incredible. Like you said, you worked with so many different amazing creators over the years. And I think as um, the world like evolves and technology evolves with it, I mean, we're seeing these creator partnerships and digital talent teams being built out within uh, companies more and more. So I just wanted to ask kind of like what you think of that and like how that's just going to help um, the creator industry explode. And then as a second follow-up question to that, I hope, I think they could be related is just like, how can you stand out in such an oversaturated market? Yeah. I mean, I, I think as I mentioned, and you're, you're, you're kind of sharing here too, like creators are here to stay and they're the new age, small business, right? Um, take yourself, for example, you're, yes, you're a content creator, but you're essentially a small business because you're doing the things that a small business would have to do. You have to deal with invoices and taxes and all this stuff that might not be like glamorous, but it's important, right? Similar to how you probably run a small business with maybe a a bigger team and you're selling a product or service or whatever it may be. Uh, And I I think it is important to continue to invest in this segment. And I think as a result, you'll continue to see growth. And what that growth means is also opportunity, both for the platform to better serve this cohort, but then also for the cohort to better be served by the platform, right? So they kind of go hand in hand. And I think the growth will be experienced on both fronts, right? From audience uh, engagement, audience increase in total size, and maybe even monetization, et cetera, opportunities. And then um, the second question, what was it? I'm, I'm blanking on. Um, just like kind of the future of, of creator partners. Oh, um, how can you stand out in an oversaturated market? Um, but also like to what you were saying, I just think like overall, it's also from a creator perspective, it's so helpful when there is this knowledge that like we are small businesses. And I love that people are starting to take 
social media and like, oh yeah, I'm running my business on social media more seriously because even a couple years ago, even honestly, a couple of weeks ago, I had my own father say, I didn't really understand what you were doing back then and what you were building out and how it's like, you know, coming to be so successful. And I'm still struggling, right? Like I'm 23 years old. I just graduated college. I'm like, I don't really know what the heck I'm doing when it comes down to like doing my taxes. Like, I don't know. I have to learn how to like read contracts. And I think that that's kind of like the ugly side of this. Or maybe I shouldn't say ugly, but that's a part of it that I think everyone who is a creator could use more knowledge on because there's this assumption that, oh yeah, you just get paid to take photos, right? Um, Or just get paid to post a story or a video or uh, whatever it is. And I think it's no different than being a freelance artist in general. And I think as hopefully as we move forward, there will be more training and more tips and more uh, help to creators in general on how to set up a small business or how to uh, even, you know, place yourself in a category that's like, okay, you made under $10,000, you don't need to register as a small business or as an LLC versus if you make over, uh, depending on the state that you're in, you do, right? And you have to pay taxes. And then a third of that is usually what goes into that. Um, Again, I'm just making broad generalizations. Do not take finance advice from me, people, to anyone listening definitely consult an accountant or someone but um contact with professionals (laughs) exactly contact justin he's smart no kidding (laughs) i have yeah i have have a paper that says i'm smart but yeah i I won't give any financial advice um yeah i won't i won't do that um but yeah so the question around like uh you know standing out right I, i mean i think what's important is is staying true to oneself right we kind of alluded to this earlier around like how do you know if someone's authentic or inauthentic and I think the person, an individual knows best what matters most to them and what means what to them. And I think about this a lot. Actually, today, uh, funny enough, um, I posted and shared an article on LinkedIn. And this was based on this thesis where essentially the, the whole premise of this was that you don't need millions and millions of fans or dollars to be successful. Right. And again, successful with the asterisk mark, because that means different things to depending who you ask. But it's this thesis that you essentially need like a thousand super fans or a thousand true fans. Right. And this is a very old thesis. But if you Google it and you find it online, it's pretty in depth, but also worth a read where you don't need to appeal to everyone. Right. If you appeal to a certain segment of the market or, or audience where you care a lot about cooking or sewing or singing or tap dance, whatever it is, there's an audience out there for almost anything. And every, I mean, who would have thought like ASMR would be a thing, right? Like then that just sort of blew up watching people eat food and make noises while doing that. And I think that it proves like you might feel, hey, I don't know if anyone's gonna like this or care about it. You won't know until you try, but I think more than anything like sticking to the integrity of oneself what matters to someone and doing the right thing for yourself and making good content and what good means to you and putting time effort energy and then letting it go free and I think that's the important piece is like not being afraid to hit like upload or publish or post because that's how you get feedback and that's how you're able to adapt and confirm or deny hey am I getting closer am I getting further um, I think you may have broken up a little bit there at the end. Yeah. Um, yeah. I had a random phone call. Coming. Oh, sorry. You're back now. Um, you're back okay, now. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I'm back. You're back yeah basically now. just staying true to oneself and doing the things and not being afraid to share what that creation is with others. Cause essentially at the end of the day, it's my belief that there's an audience out there for almost anything. And so it's worth just shooting the yeah. shot to see what sticks. Right. I totally agree. It's, it's a lot. And I think also this idea that creators have it all together, uh, back to my point <laughs> before about like, I literally have this small business and I'm still figuring it out. And uh, like, I'm just breaking even sometimes when it comes to managing everything, like it can be really hard. And, um, I think 
people think like, oh, Gigi, you've always spoken about this. And that's just not true. Like I, I talk about my journey with my own content creation, right? And literally like last year, probably around the time um, of, of the pandemic starting, I was doing an audit on myself. And I was like, damn, G, like, you're not really doing stuff that you care about. You're not talking about things that you actually are passionate about and making work about. So how can you shift what you're doing in real life um, to reflect what you're doing online instead of just sharing what you think people want. And when I did that, that's literally where I started seeing the momentum. Did it take a year and a half to actually like build more of a following across all of my platforms and to set up an LLC? Yes. Um, it's a, it doesn't happen overnight. Um, and again, am I, am I still changing my content almost every single day? Sometimes like Sometimes when I'm posting more casually, sometimes I'm posting more uh, professionally, sometimes I'm posting ads, sometimes I'm posting just announcements. And I think that's natural, right? Like if we all stayed the same, nothing would evolve. There's a reason that we have change and there's a reason we have this uncertainty. It's because we're waiting for this change. So um, like Justin said, just, yeah, I would recommend just testing things out and doing the audit on yourself every six months to a year. Like you, you just got to do it because uh, it's going to be something that will help you find that redirection to eventually get you in that niche that uh, you want to be in. So I, I agree with you there. <laughs> One other thing I'll just add, just based on what you shared is expectation and reality they're not always hand in hand and I think that's essentially what you've done is sort of try to marry the two so there's better alignment and mm-hmm. you can just be you because that's how you know that's who you know how to be best is you and then within that right like right. I, I think it's just like it's really difficult sometimes to be honest with yourself because you got to look yourself yeah. in the mirror you're going to wake up and go to sleep and, and you're going to be with yourself still in it but I think ultimately having those hard discussions and being again, honest with yourself and honest with others around you to maybe even hold you accountable for things that you say, Hey, I want to do this. And then you don't do it. Or you can have the people yeah. who are going to hold you right. accountable to say, Hey, you said you wanted to run the marathon. How's the training coming on? Well, I haven't done. Well, why not? And then like, they're going to push you and you might hate it, but later on you might appreciate even more because they didn't let you slip. And I, I think that's always the thing I think about is like, how can I be the best version of myself? even when I don't feel like it because I am human as well and mm-hmm. I'm tired and sleepy and don't have the energy sometimes but I and it's it's not about like working every single day super hard that I never have any energy it's just about like again taking a pulse and how am I feeling mentally spiritually physically how's how am I doing financially and making sure that those are within the sort of levels that I not only want them to be but need them to be Right. And if not, I got to fine tune. And but ultimately it goes back mm-hmm. to the honesty component, which, again, is not easy. But the more you do it, the, the, the better you become. It doesn't get easier. You just get better at being honest. Wow. I love that. You get better at being honest with yourself and then you just become better. I love that. It's so true. It's so simple. It's a simple concept. But I think, like you said, it's sometimes so hard to face like our demons and like the worst things that we do to ourselves. Like, you know, sometimes I'm like, oh, like. I wish that, you know, everyone would just like respond super quickly to me. And then I realize like, oh, sometimes I look at something and then I forget to respond. And then it's like, damn, well, I'm expecting something from other people when I can't even like deliver on that. And that's just like one of, you know, many different examples. And I think the more we look at things that trigger us or bother us, we can reflect and see like, oh, does do, is that something I actually do? Like, am I just being lazy? Like, like, let me reevaluate what's going on here and see how, um, not only with content, but just like with our lifestyle habits. And, um, yeah, I just, I think that's important. And I hope that as time goes on and as the future goes on, that people will begin to really integrate their digital personalities into their life to a place where, um, they, they have a grip on it and they can distinguish that digital persona from reality. I think that's been one of the biggest struggles I've actually been having as a creator is like, I have Gigi, it's Gigi Robinson. And I've been struggling sometimes with like, like people come to me and they talk to me about that. They don't come to me to talk to me about like, oh, what'd you eat for breakfast? And like, did you like it? You know, and they're not interacting with like Gigi um, in real life. And it's just been kind of interesting to observe um, holistically. And the fact that I'm even aware of it is 
is really important when I know a lot of creators also really struggle. So I also am hoping that down the line, not only like the apps and uh, the platforms, like institutions themselves help creators set healthier boundaries, but also people learn how to go to therapy and talk about these kinds of things because it's happening like at at an alarming rate like so many people are becoming creators and they're having to deal with this stuff and there's like this lack of understanding or resources to really combat like these emotions right and I I mean I think it just leads me to something else I think about in in my own life and sort of my own philosophy that asking for help and seeking the help is is a strength it's not a weakness that you're waving the white flag and giving up or giving in I, I think it's again being honest with yourself to know when you're not you and knowing when to seek the advice or help of whatever it may be. And um, again, that is, that is a strength, whether it's in work, personal, fitness, whatever it is. I just think, again, that self-awareness is key. And what's even more important beyond that is acting on it. Of course. I love that. Um, well, this has been an amazing hour, Justin. You are so, so smart and so uh, full of wisdom. And I'm so grateful that you gave me an hour of your day on this beautiful Friday afternoon. Um, in closing, I'm just wondering what your favorite mantra is. This is something I like to ask all of my guests. Uh, mine is clearly everything you need is within. It's the name of my show. Um, so what's yours? Yeah, it, it, there's many, but I, I think the one that has really stuck with me these last few years, um, it's two words, boils down to two words, and, and that's keep going. And it's, mm. it's, it's okay. really in itself uh, a mantra. And I, I personally think it's pretty self-explanatory, right? And whatever it is that you're going towards, going yeah. through hardship, whatever it is, um, you just keep going. And you don't, you don't, you don't give Absolutely. in or give up. You just keep going. And I think that's where I've experienced a lot of the growth myself of like being and so close to wanting to give up or, or give in and it's like nope keep going so that's what i would bestow on on anyone that i would leave something with it would be that oh my gosh you're amazing i love that that's something i also love to think about you know i know like the kind of just like keep calm carry on kind of mindset it was very like early on with like the instagram platform so i feel like this is so full circle (laughs) um and i just am again so grateful that you spent this afternoon with us thank you so so much and uh yeah everyone don't forget to tune in next friday i have an awesome guest coming make sure you check out the instagram it's everything you need is within on instagram uh and on facebook for updates on what we're doing next so thanks again justin Awesome. Thanks again. Appreciate it. Thank you. Bye.